Everything from mobile landing in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm Ian, and we are here for the best episode yet. Is that so? It's episode 43. Oh, I run st- 43s, bro. You know what? This it's a been a sticky sode. It's a sticky sode. I was yeah. going to say, this would have been a good episode to bring sticky back. I thought I didn't about think that about earlier. It. I was like, oh, he's going to be mad because he didn't get the <laughs> sticky sode. Sticky sode. Maybe we'll bring it back for the 50th. The 50th sode? Yeah, yeah 50s are sticky. No? You don't think so? I mean, I don't own any, so. Well. I'm just saying. But they're sticky. Yeah. I don't know any 50s that aren't sticky. But, like, I just don't know. There are 43s that are not sticky. There are. Sorry about your life. But you're right. 43 is the sticky zone. Yep. Anyway, nonetheless, welcome back to episode 43. Let's get a party started. What do you know? Let's get it started. I know I'm about to light my shit on fire. (laughs) My week was pretty good. I made a lot of progress. Um, We have a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, cool new stuff. So you've sold a few things on Teespring? Yes, we sold nice. a few things on Teespring. Nice. We got some premium merch over there. Everything we have in our merch selection on Teespring is all premium. Ian, let me know that. I did not know that. Yep. Till he told me. So we only have the premium selection. We dropped our uh, margins on that so that the premiums were more affordable because I don't feel like the buying the low buck shirts. It was, uh, let's, let's be frank with the listeners. Yeah, um, they're listeners. It was a few dollars more for, for the premium level, like mm-hmm. quality merchandise, like right. the t-shirts that I, I would buy and want to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the hoodies and the zip ups, everything. So nothing is of the like cheapest quality. Yeah, right. It's all their like premium brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but that was like. Whatever it was. Shit that I would legitimately buy and wear myself. Right. Because um, we've all bought shitty t-shirts for too much money and went, well, I'm not ever going to wear that because it is uncomfortable for a dish rag. Not sidetrack, sidetrack. I love off-road outfitters, mm-hmm. like all their designs. I hate that their quality is not quite as high as I would like it to be. Yep. Our trail rider shirts that we stock, I don't know. They're not trail rider why. shirts. Not trail riders. Our TOP. You drunken bastard. <laughs> Maybe someday. Yeah. Um, our TOP shirts that we stock. Yep. They're super high quality. Like yep. I've washed them over a dozen times. The ink is still Mint. as good as new. It look, yep. looks like new. The red's still super vibrant and everything else. And then I get my shirt, my Jack Stan, my XJ Jack Stan shirt. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the first shirt I got was the one the wife got me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Was the XJ like build sheet, build yep. spec shirt. And the bottom of the shirt itself, uh, where the hem is on the bottom, on the backside, first wash came undone. Yep. I'm like, seriously? She called them up. Now, the good side is she hit them up on, like, sent an email or whatever. They sent a new shirt free. Yeah, which like, is okay, nice. send yep. like, Which is great, because it's like a $28 shirt. Mm-hmm. I ordered the Jackstand shirt, because I'm like, that's a dope, like, shirt. Like, that is the XJ life, living on Jackstands. Like, I live that life until now. Yep. And so I ordered that shirt. Washed it one time. The ink is so thick on the XJ itself that it's actually starting to break up. Mm-hmm. So the red now looks like it's like patinaed. Yep. I don't hate it, but I feel like for a $28 shirt, it matches it your maybe, XJ. It does. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the design. Like put a little extra ink on there so it'll patina up pretty quick and yes. it'll, it'll match XJ. But I feel like for a shirt of that, of that cost, mm-hmm. of that all in cost, I feel like the ink should hold up a little better. Well, that's the thing. I mean, 
uh, we're not here to like become buku dollar rich. No, um, just want to get out there. But I just want to get merch out there. But I don't want to put out shit products. I know. Yeah. Um, that was what we did with the flags. I uh, bought some put out shit products. Yeah, I put out shit. Products. <laughs> those, those things won't even make it in shipping. Um, <laughs> I haven't even looked at one yet. Oh, really? Uh-uh. So what I did is I ordered some before we offered them for sale or even said anything about them. And uh, they're in the box on the on the floor there. They're all packed up to go to the Badlands next weekend. The clear, the clear box. Yeah. Oh no, the the trail flags are in the bag. Go in the bag. That yep, that bag. One of the two bags there. Um, but I ordered some samples because I didn't want to sell a junk flag, and we've all yeah. bought that before. We've all bought T-shirts that were junk. This. So everything on Teespring is the premium line. Uh, good quality stuff, but we, yeah, we sold a few things. There's some hoodies and zip ups, regular hoodies. Um, there's some, I we're going to do some like different logo or different saying t-shirts that we're not going to stock. Um, because, but, uh, but I, what I did is I just dropped the profit margins down so we could, it was the same price. Yeah. I'm selling them at the same price, but you're getting the premium shirt. I'm just making less on them per shirt. Works for me. Which, yeah, we're just trying to get merch out there and get the name out yeah. there and build it up. So just get uh, merch in your hands and your hands. Steve's Maybe. touching it. So somebody's getting oh. a fondled flag. Oh, this is mine. I'm taking home with me. Are you? Yeah. Um, just so make mighty. sure you pay for that on totaloffroadpodcast.com. <laughs> okay. <I'll be> <laughs> Hold on, get on right now and order um, This comes out. When does this come out? Yep. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. There is still time, and I'm looking directly at you. Okay, not you. I meant the listener. I'm yes, like, but you are at, looking directly looking at, me. at the. I'm treating you like a listener. Right? Okay. Um, there have been a few people that have bought flags, t-shirts, whatever. Um, I can. There's a pickup option on the website. Oh, so if we're going to an event future down the road or this Badlands trip next weekend, just go on there, pay for it. You can use PayPal, credit card, whatever. You know, you can got endless options of payment mm-hmm. um, and then just select customer pickup and leave a note and or cash. Yeah, for that matter. I will take cash. COD. Um, but just go on there. That takes it out of our inventory because I do go in and track all the inventory. Yeah, that'd be good. I don't want to sell somebody something we don't have. Yeah, right. That's a dick move. Especially on shirts because those take a minute to get in. Well, anything. We've right. all been there too. So right. You're like, oh, sorry. Oh, well. what happened? You're like, damn it. I know. I want I'm it so... more now. Um, <laughs> I want it more, but less. Yeah, but now I'm not going to pay for it. I want it for free now. <laughs> so I track the inventory that way. So anytime we give out stuff or whatever, I go in there right. and adjust stuff. So you can do that. You can go buy it and pick delivery or customer pickup or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, that's all I got with that. Cool. Um, if you're not on Facebook on the Trail Riders page, you should go check it out. W or on yeah, Facebook. Facebook. I think it is. I mean, Facebook.com forward slash it is Total Offer Podcast Trail Riders. You can't get to Facebook. But yeah, anyway, on Facebook, search Total Offer Podcast Trail Riders. You'll find it. Answer the questions. Answer the questions. Ian says answer the questions. Some of you have been listening and you have done that. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Next up is our Patreon page that we've recently kind of come back to and has been gaining traction. We cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, we've announced the four of you last week that were already on Patreon had already jumped on. We have five more patrons that jumped on last week after the episode. And thank you guys so much. You're helping fund this podcast and keep it going. Not that we're going to quit doing it, but it takes a little load off the shoulders when 
you have a little bit of money coming back in to pay for the things that are going out every week or I every can, month. I, it opens me up to buying more merch. Yeah, it does. It I love it, I love researching opens, new merch opportunities because yeah. I don't want to buy like dumb shit. Yeah. I'm getting cool stuff. Yeah. You Pine want some bottle openers? Those, those bottle openers, if I can make them work. I'm, I'm ready. Pimp. So the new patrons are Kevin Ramirez. Thanks, buddy. Corey O'Malley. Appreciate it. Full-size gift from a full-size guy. Uh, <laughs> Just call him fat. I mean, <laughs> we had a conversation about how he's like into full-sizes, but like I, the way that came if out, I I'm remember like, right, he's a I huge feel like, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> he's like, a full-size Damn, guy. bro. I feel like if I remember right, he's got a full-size Chevy pickup. We're trying to get you some full, more full-size content. We'll see if that works. Kyle Mang. I know I'm saying that right now that you have told me because at first I thought it was Ming. I'm not sure why. But either way, David Julius, thank you, sir, for your patronage. And Luke Daughtry, thank you also. So between all of you guys, we really appreciate it. And you guys are keeping this podcast going. What else? If you want to join Patreon, go check it out. www.total. Jesus. Good Lord. You should put that. Why not put a link on the website? I will. I'm actually do that. This is chop, my chop. this week plan to get our discount codes and Patreon and basically do like a link page on the web on the page. website. Yeah. Yep. To all the partners and so people we've check dealt out with. Total offer podcast.com. Yeah. And then we'll try to hopefully have that up there. Otherwise, patreon.com forward slash total offer podcast. What else, you know? OK, so you've had I think that's all of our. All things the, the new news the new new well the new new trail like, riders run this weekend oh yeah this weekend if you can make it come to the badlands for the trail riders run uh, a couple people will be there on friday and then saturday and sunday is the official run you're welcome to join in anytime i know we've got a few people coming from kind of all over the place um if you can't make it no big deal we're gonna have more runs in the future so we'll be able to plan them out a little more hopefully not that this one wasn't planned well because it was it's just like it feels like it's last minute because my shit was in pieces and yours was in pieces. Mine wasn't in pieces until I took it apart. <laughs> it was fully functioning. Like last week I said I had no like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But, uh, you know, what do you do? Yeah, All nice. I had to do was put my axle shafts in. So shout out to Brannock Motorsports. There you go. Um, Stan was who I dealt with over there. Um, took good care of you, bro. Yeah. I told you the other day when I first ordered them, I said I was a little leery because it was less than a four minute phone conversation. (laughs) In, out, good to go. Like, I could recite you the whole phone conversation quicker than I can paraphrase it. Yeah. But long story short, it was this is what I need. All right. Ask for the measurements. I already had the measurements because I'd already talked to Brandon on how to, uh-huh. you know, how he wanted me to measure them. So I already had the measurements, already had the seal diameter, how far in the seal mounted um, on the shaft, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I already had everything. So I just just like ask, tell, credit card. Thank you. Damn. I got off the phone. I was like, what? Fucking didn't hope that was ask right. how much <laughs> those cost. Um, I knew what the price of the shafts were. I just bought like tax, shipping, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, what's my total? Whatever. Yep. It's and he be. told me, he's like, yeah, we'll get, we should get them out by the end of the week. That was Tuesday. So we should get them out by the end of the week. Um, we'll send you, ask for my email. So we'll give you a tracking and an invoice uh, once we get it done and get the fuck out of here. Um, it was great. Wow. I love it. So. Long story short, Monday, axle shafts come in. Yep. 
Tuesday, axle shafts are installed. Yes. Tuesday, my life goes to shit. <laughs> so I don't understand how your axle shafts can get installed and then your life goes to shit. Oh, like, I'm okay, gonna, I'm gonna tell we're you. We're good. Yep. But I just want to get out of the way first. Like you're going so, like, backwards on it. Brannick, literally, everybody else is like, oh, we're like three or four weeks out. Blah blah. Yeah, whatever. Forty three forty custom length axle shafts done. Ordered, cut, shipped, arrived. Six days, not business days. Six days, Tuesday to Monday. Jesus. I had them installed Tuesday. It's awesome. Stupid. Very considering some of the other, um, like timelines you've had in this process. That's impressive. Yep. Like, do they just have them sitting on the shelf? I assume they're custom length, so they have like, to cut them and spline them, and then they machine what? down the shaft where the seal rides. Really? So that's what I mean. Like, it's not like an off the show. The outers, the yeah. outers are a stock 60 outer. Right. Um, but still. 43, 40. Yeah, but the inners. Stub. Huh. But the inners are a custom length like, splined. Do you, think, do you think that they're like, that they have like different lengths with splines already on them and they just cut them down? Or do you think that they actually spline them? How would you know? I mean, I like no the splines look just like that. They're that long. Really? Yeah. Like They're, two inches. It's not like it's like four inches of the shaft or really? the spline. It looks like a factory yeah. shaft I, with the splines have, cut. I feel like we need to have them on here to talk about that. Like, how do you guys turn out a, a custom shaft in the get shit four done, days? bro? And he said they were busy. Yeah, but with, so, a return, with, a, with a turnaround like that, I would be too. So we really appreciate your business. I said, well, ain't no problem because you come so highly recommended. I couldn't go anywhere else. All right. But. Nope. Yeah. I like it. So there's your shout out. Jama shafts in. <laughs> uh installed. Yep. Then put what? it all together. Put the brakes back on, hubs back on, spindles back on, you know, everything, calipers back on, ready to go. And was like, fucking sweet. Done. And then I go to start spinning the ring gear because I still got the cover off from mm-hmm. when I put the carrier back in after welding it. And uh it spins, it spins, it spins, and it stops spinning. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Why did it stop spinning? Well, if I knew, I'd tell you. Um, <laughs> okay. So I put my foot on the ring gear to keep spinning it. Uh-huh. No bueno. You still can't spin it? No. It's that tight. That tight. I'm very confused. Okay, so wait, did it have preload? The carrier so, did not have a lot of preload. The first time, I actually, I backed up. I went to go spin it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the front axle is not in neutral okay. on the transfer case. Uh-huh. So I'm like, no problem. Mm-hmm. Cool. Walk over there, fuck around, get that in neutral, done. Then, and then the whole spin, spin, no spin. Huh. So, so I'm like, uh, is there something? Binding? Oh, the transfer case popped back in gear. Mm-hmm. Fuck around with that. Nope. nope. Uh, is there something in the two piece front drive line that's binding? Okay. I'll unhook the drive. I, you know, pull the, pull the drive line off at the pinion. Yeah. Um, nope. Okay. Um, is there something with the axle shafts binding in something, you yeah. know, like is the axle. Sh- so you I, had it completely I, reassembled. Hub oh, hub. bro. It was ready to put tires on raw. Door. Oh, damn. So then I'm like, well, I wonder if the axle shaft, like the yoke on the shaft right. is it's hitting binding or something. something in the mm-hmm. sea or whatever. Look in there. Nope. Hmm. Okay. So pull the brakes, pull the hubs, pull, pull everything the all back apart. 
pull the shafts back up. Like I had the fucking slugs in and everything, caps on and everything. Yeah. Pull everything back apart, pull the shafts out, and then do the same thing, and it'll spin, 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 and then quit spinning. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So we got an issue with the carrier ring gear setup or something. Pulled the carrier back out, looked at it, didn't see anything wrong with it, didn't see any gaps or anything in anything, and went, okay, maybe I just set something up wrong. Put it back in, set it all up again with backlash, and same thing. And it seemed that once I would get the backlash under, I think, spec is 8 to 15 or something like that. Okay. 8 to 13 or whatever. Um, Once I would get under 25 or 20, 20, 25 thousands ballpark. So, I mean, because it's got the threaded adjusters on a 14 bolt. So you can thread it in. So you can loosen one side a hole tighten one side a hole and you can just progressively move it in while checking it right so you could kind of keep an eye on it coming in once i'd get into that 20 mid 20s yeah yeah that's when it would start getting tight but obviously only in one spot yeah as you rotate it yeah but i mean you look at it and it's probably like a four or five inch section of ring gear that it would get tight through it's not like yeah and then back it off it was like a I mean, it gets progressively and then tight and then, you know, so it's probably because I ended up marking it and it's probably five or six inches of ring gear Uh that it would get tight through. So I was like, well, clearly something's got to be binding. Uh I was like, well, to be fair, I did pull. I've never set this axle up. Uh I bought it out of a truck, pulled it in the garage, cut it up, built a 14 bolt steer axle out of it. This is the first time I'm putting like the gears were in it, but they weren't. There was no drive shaft or any of that shit when we went to Oklahoma, so I didn't worry about it. Yeah, this is the first time I've had. I didn't even have diff fluid in it because I had no inner axle, so right. I had no shafts. So this is the first time I put drive shaft shafts anything in this carrier and mm-hmm. pinion. So presumably, it's been this way the whole time. Yeah, its entire life. Mm-hmm. That's weird. But I've never done anything with his axle right. so i didn't know so then where are we at in the story you're trying so, to figure out why it's binding i was like hmm i'm intrigued on if it's in the carrier or if it's in the pinion chunk right and i was like to be fair i did pull the stock yoke off and put a 1410 forged yoke on okay and just ugly oh. it back tight so it was yeah. about the same. So I'm like, yeah, I think my pinion preload, maybe that's off. Mm-hmm. Binding something up or whatever. So I pull that out, find a quarter inch bar style torque wrench, blah, blah, blah. Check pull it, it apart. And I was like, yeah, I probably should just put a new crush sleeve in it. Cause I was like, I've always heard the pinion nuts need to be replaced. Yeah. Those are a top lock mm-hmm. pinion nut. I was like, I think I, I couldn't remember if I put the new seal in or not, but I was like, you know what? Fuck it. For a few bucks, I'll buy a seal. Yeah. So went to the parts store on Friday, bought a seal, bought crushed sleeve, bought a pinion nut. Well, that shit didn't come in until Saturday morning. Jesus. So I was like, okay, what can I do in the meantime? Well, I can pull the carrier out. I took that in. Put it in the press, or I pulled it all apart, cleaned everything up again, mm-hmm. made sure there was nothing between the carrier case house, nothing between the ring gear and the carrier, nothing. Mm-hmm. Cleaned all that up, 
put it all back in, put it in the press. Cause the last time when I blew it apart to weld it, I just fucking put it in the, in the vice and kind of tapped her down oh. slowly with a breast punch mm-hmm. and then sucked it the rest of the way and torqued it and have a nice day. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is my sign. I will do things the right way. I have listened to a guy. A gear yeah, install now, guy. now I know. Um, yep. <laughs> I will do it the right way. It's the worst, isn't it? That sucks. Yeah. So I put it in the press, put all my bolts in. I did a three, three step torque sequence on it. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Go home and try that. Same shit. Hmm. And then. Did so you rotate the ring gear at all? Or do you know? Rotated it twice at this point. Really? 180 both times. Well, uh, 180 the first time, then a little bit. About a like quarter 90. turn or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and then that's when I decided to check pinion preload. Um, pinion preload or run out? Preload. Oh, okay. So you did all this, and yeah. then you're like, okay, yeah, I forgot something I else. Wrong. Okay, so I fucked around with the carrier, thinking it was in the carrier. Yeah, and then wasn't you're like, that. Then I went to the pinion chunk. Okay, so that was Friday. Parts didn't show up till Saturday. Get my parts in seven thirty on Saturday morning. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Get them all put in. Torque them down. I get my preload right yep. in the spec. Uh, mm-hmm. Spec was like. I don't know what the fuck spec was, but it was on 20, the, on the inch mid, mid range of that. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, these are all used bearings. So they're right. not, you know, if they're close to spec, I'm happy with it right. for a used bearing. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're GM factory gears. So as far as I know, they've never been replaced. So right. we're not talking about an aftermarket gear that's, you know, needs reset up. It's a factory mm-hmm. 14 bolt, 410 gear. Um, So I get it all put back in. Same shit. I start running into... You know, high high backlash to get it to run and mesh real good. And mm-hmm. of course, I've set up 14 bolts. That's all I've ever really had. I've never fucked it. Well, I fucked with my 44 ones and then just threw it all away and bought new gears. Yeah. No, I never did. Well, come on now. Because I got, I Make threw it out in the back. <laughs> so you don't, you like. So I, all I've ever done is 14 bolts. I did. I helped Derek with his 60 mm-hmm. when we did that. Me and him did that in the garage here. So we, you yeah. know, I was around for that. But otherwise, it's all been 14 bolts. Right. Um. So I can kind of ballpark backlash. Like, I don't know. I do this shit yeah. for a living, too. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's got a little play. You start to kind of get familiar with what a little play is. Yeah. And like. That seems high. You'd check it and you're like 25,000. So you're like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So you'd start kind of doing it by, by feel and right. sound. Get it to where she's close. And uh, I told, I told Brian, cause I've been talking back and forth with Brian and he's, I was like, dude, this is backlash. This sounds loud. And he's like, I've never set it up based on sound. And I'm like, no, no. But like, if you hear this, you would know that this is too <laughs> much backlash. So then, you know, measured it and got the spec on it and was like, yeah, that's too high. So couldn't get it. Just could not get a good tight backlash without, without it binding. It binding. Mm-hmm. So pulled it apart again because I was doing some internet research because he said measure run out. Yeah. And I said, okay, good idea. So we measured run out. You just take dial off indicator the, off the backside of the ring the gear. Back, like the, they have that little lip, lip on mm-hmm. the backside of the ring gear. And you just spin that. And yeah. you start seeing, and the way I've always measured run out on anything is you're going to see that dial indicator go, like if you pick a number, like we'll say zero. Yeah. If you start that at zero, it's going to go above and it's going to go below zero. Right. It's going to measure your highs and your lows. Right. So you have to take the center 
average of the high and the low. Right. And that's your run out. Okay. Whether that's right or not, I don't fucking know, but that's how I've always done it. So do that a few times. Do it a few more times. Do it a few more times. Make sure you get a consistent measurement on it. Right. And I was running into high run out. Did you pull the ring, the pinion back out for this? Yeah, the and pinion. Just yeah, you it. just pull the pinion chunk out and, and then you just, just sit there and spin the the ring gear. Yeah. Yep. Um. So now I know my pinion preload is in spec. Okay. Now I know, and pattern wise, it looked fine. It's not like it's real deep in the gear. It's not on the edge of the gear. It's not on the toe or the heel. It's just a very meh there. use okay. gear like there right. you go pattern. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, um, it and you could visually you can inspect that and see that that tooth is not full contact inside like the the gear mesh is so tight you can't spin it it yeah. looks normal and the pattern showed it looked normal it just was binding hmm. so measuring run out you would see that run out would change let me look this up because i don't remember that there was so many freaking like yeah it was like you were trying to remember these numbers and i had to start writing stuff down because i was like i cannot keep remembering all of these numbers <laughs> so okay so you ran so i would run into about because then i turned the ring gear again after starting to do um run out so the first time i checked run out i was in the dun, 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 Yes. Yeah. Eight to nine thousands run out. Okay. That's so you would see an eight or nine thousands, thousands swing. Ru- change mm-hmm. from like one spot to the other spot. That's not eight thousands total. That's an eight thousand swing from low to high. Yeah. Which is a fuckload. Yeah. So then spec on. Just makes no sense. Did you, did you do the run out on the carrier as well? Uh, you can't really check. I mean, There's it's, too bol- much stuff it's in the way. bolted and torqued to the ring gear. You know what I mean? Right. So you're essentially measuring yeah. them both at the same time. Right. But spec on a fucking driveline, because I do remember this, spec on a driveline from Spicer is less than 3,000 to run out. Hmm. That Spicer said is the ideal, like, yeah. thing. it's like three or five. Right. Maybe. Somewhere in that um, So eight thousandths is like, whoa. Yeah. Um, so I turned the, I pulled it all back apart again, blew the carrier back apart, clean everything back up, found a guy on the internet that said, take the carrier, not the carrier, take the, for the love of Lords, the ring, the little gears inside the, the orb thing. Yeah. Take what are those gears spider called? Gears spider gears. Take the spider gear. I was like, I cannot think of what the name uh-huh. of this thing is. Take your spider gear shims out. Okay. There's a shim on each spider gear inside that carrier. Mm-hmm. It's welded together. It doesn't. It doesn't fucking move anyway, so it mm-hmm. doesn't need shims. It's gonna stay in there as one right. where it's at. Because it's kind of like a bearing shim. Yeah. It's like a. It's like a bearing. Yeah. Surface. It's just like yeah. a bearing shim. It's a bushing technically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they ride eat, on it. It doesn't eat into the carrier yeah. that way. It's a different hardened metal. Yep. But take those out because yeah. it doesn't matter because that not it's turning. not going anywhere. So I consulted my gear expert and he said, oh yeah, definitely. No problem. Pull them out, throw them in the dumpster. Cool. Hmm. So pulled, pulled it all back apart, pulled all those out, cleaned everything up, wiped it all down. This thing's been like surgically cleaned like four <laughs> times. Um, and put it all back together, 
turned the ring gear in the process of that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a part three sequence torque specs. Like I was going full nine, like everything. Make it right. Yeah. So put it all back in and ended up with about four to five thousandths of run out. That's much better. It's about half. Okay. So something made a difference. Yes. Whether it was turning it, putting something together wrong, the shims, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> it's cutting. It's, it's half. You change so much at one time. It's hard to say. So theoretically, the, yeah, because I wasn't blowing that fucking thing apart like, it. oh, okay, I put it together this way. All right, now I want to take it apart again to yeah. turn it one. Because you could still have something torqued down different. Yep. Just because it's torqued doesn't mean it's flush. Um, he did suggest putting, if I had like granite countertop or any of that shit, which I post, so I don't, um, I just put it on my steel workbench, which is yeah, flat enough. Uh, there was no rocking or anything in the carrier oh, halves oh, or yeah. the ring gear. So like you're talking about thousands of an inch. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing about a hair, nothing that I would see, but again, with the way it was measured, it was like, right. Okay, cool. Like it's your not hair, like, yeah. your hair is 2000 of an inch. If it's got two hairs. <laughs> yeah how how clean of a surface you know what i'm saying that's what i'm yeah. saying so like it was kind of a checked it and didn't say anything but it was really right. kind of a a bullshit test anyway yeah so whatever um put it all back together with 180 and those shims and everything removed and it was down to like about four or five thousandths to run out went through put the pinion back in torqued the pinion back down um, went to go through and set up backlash and to see how, well, I'm like, well, if I have half as much run out, I should be able to get half as or twice as much backlash removed before it binds. And yeah. that was the case. Um, so right now I'm down to, um, backlash. So spec on well so and i'm checking it in about five or six spots i'll go every like two or three inches or so and check the backlash just so you because now obviously i've got a run out problem yeah um so you're going to get a different reading in different spots so i was like all right well more the merrier so i was probably it was probably five or six different spots around the ring gear that i would check it mm-hmm. um spec for backlash is five to eight thousands well, yeah. spec is three to 12 with five to eight, the sweet spot. So you're technically in three to 12 this is the backlash spec on a 14 bowl. Okay. So cool story, right? I mean, those are numbers you need to know. So I get down to about anywhere from about four or five mm-hmm. in a couple spots to up to about 13 to 15 in a couple spots of backlash. So it's almost within spec. The hot and it doesn't bind. Like, so I can sit there. Spin I it. sat there. You do my fucking hand. I got a blister on my hand from, from turning spinning it. this ring Jeez. gear so much over the last like three days. Uh-huh. But you can sit there and just spin that ring gear and it doesn't. You can feel it. Just you can feel it. It's a little bit of resistance on it. Yeah. But it never quits turning. So in clearly my hand. there's something with the ring gear that's kind of off. Here's what. Your backlash. Yes. Even with the run out. Your backlash is swinging more than your run out. Well, I think is. it's all relative. Because, I, I mean, so. like I said, I was up to like yeah. 25 thousandths of backlash, which is double what I'm at now. Right. Which is about, I cut the run out about in half. I cut the backlash in half. I feel like, so, so do you feel like you're, with what you're having at now, do you feel like you're comfortable with it? So I talked to the complete off-road tech department yesterday What'd on they the say? phone for a little bit after he got done rubbing in that he was out wheeling today. Okay. And then made the comment, I don't even think I'm going to pull it off the trailer for next weekend. And I said, I wouldn't, but I'm not that 
I position. Wa- I want to say I hope your shit breaks, but at the no. same time, I I don't want to say that. No. <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, he's like, yeah, I didn't really get crazy with nothing because I didn't want to break it. But yeah. he's like, it was a good shakedown run and a good cruising around. Weather was perfect for it. So bullshit. Um, Everybody going four wheeling with the yep. nice out. Super jelly. I hope next weekend's nice. I don't I don't care. I'm gonna be out there regardless. I got a cab, I got a heater, I don't give a damn. I I'm right there with you. So I talked to him a little bit and he we kind of bounced some stuff back and forth. And at the end consensus of that, where I think I was comfortable and he reaffirmed, and Brian also reconfirmed, reaffirmed, confirmed, made me feel better, mm-hmm. hit me in the feels. Um for what it is and what it's being used for, it will be, I don't want to say fine, but good enough. Yeah. It's an off-road only rig. Right. On, uh, with an LS, yep. 43 inch stickies, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Best case scenario, you rip some teeth off of it and replace it. I don't even think best case scenario because <laughs> the problem is you're up to 15 thousandths of backlash. The yeah. spec is 12. It's not great. And but... me and Chris were kind of talking. We're like, yeah. How many it takes how many hours to set up a, a differential mm-hmm. in an off-road rig? Yeah. Five hours. Yeah. Five, six hours. Yeah. How long does the factory spend setting up a rear axle? Oh, I bet it's not long. They don't spend six hours on a rear axle I bet just not. on gears. I promise you that. Yeah. I don't cool. know, but I guarantee you it's it's not six hours to set I bet up. You're right. So then what you're saying is maybe they didn't spend that much time setting that one up. And how old is that? Maybe old. 80s, 90s. It's uh, at least 98 or older. So it's 20 plus years old. Well, here's my thought. And yeah. this is what I've always heard. And I've never been in a situation that someone can confirm or deny this. Yeah. I have been told by people who are knowledgeable, but not the end all be all of info yeah. kind of a thing. So uh-huh. take it for what you will. That from the factory, GM throws the gears in, uh-huh. has a preset spot to put those yeah like on the 14 bolt they would have a set amount of threads they turn right. those side adjusters in yep check it if it's close to spec it goes out the door right so what if they slam that one together it's a friday ring set the guy that slammed it together didn't quite get the ring gear torqued yep you know it was close but it was off by four thousands yep so now it's been rolling down the road for 20 plus 22 plus years it has now worn the ring gear mm-hmm. four thousands yep. on those set on that set of teeth. Now you're over here trying to make it right. Yep. And you can't get it right because the ring gear is worn incorrectly. And that's where I'm at is I'm I'm going off of and a, it's a front diff. Used OEM gear. <laughs> yeah. That, that you're trying to get spec. You're out. trying to get into spec. Yeah. So the fact that it's close enough, it doesn't bind. I don't care about gear wine because I'm not going to go fast enough down the interstate to and worry it's about that. Yeah. So it's it's I not like, ideal. Yeah. But it's not to the point where you're like, that's going to spin inside there and you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. I so. feel like you have done everything that you can to make that work. Yeah. Like you've taken it to the highest level that you can with what you're given. Yep. I feel like it sounds to me from what you're telling me. It sounds to me like it's like, that's good. And that's my problem is I didn't want to just throw it together and wing it, which mm-hmm. is funny because I threw it together and winged it and ended up with pretty much the same. I could have backed the backlash off. Yeah. And run it with 20 thousands of backlash right. and probably had the same result probably. and not fucked around for three days. Yeah. And spent but 14 feel better. pinion seals are like $18. FYI. Ooh. 
I about fell over and he's like we have two of them and i was like give me fucking both of them and then i was like wait a second that says 18 1795 or whatever and he's like yeah they're kind of expensive i'm like the fuck yeah they are bud like was that through o'reilly's oh and i was like good lord they're Jesus. the only ones i could find that had a crush sleeve and a pinion nut in stock well they didn't have it in stock well, yeah, nobody had it in stock but they could get it next day for me yeah. so that works out of their warehouse had it in stock yeah everybody else which is odd um advanced auto parts mm-hmm. sells yukon pinion nut interesting yeah hmm. like it's literally yukon advertised yeah. not like yukon makes us and we put it in our box no it's literally the yukon part number yukon box <laughs> like yukon they just buy it from yukon when you want it so That's they awesome. don't stock it some stores probably do but right. nobody in town or around here did no they don't do but it's literally stuff. a yukon wow pinion nut for a ten and a half 14 bolt nice which is kind of interesting to me mm-hmm. but um it's good to know yeah so there's that mm-hmm. but i spent i basically ran my dick off for three days trying to make it right and it's still not right but it's gonna be you say it's not right but i think it's as it's as right as it could possibly be yeah you have literally like moved everything to make it as best possible well here's my issue uh-huh Everybody keeps going, why are you running 410s? It's yeah. like, well, I'm going to tell you why. So, so cool you can it. buy 14 bolts with 410s. Uh-huh. You know what you can use 410s in? Anything. Yeah. Because a 410 axle for an off-road vehicle, it's not great. Yeah. But it's not a 342. This is true. So you can put a 410 axle in any off-road project and kick it down the road mm-hmm. and get it on the trail and wheel it. Or drive it, or tow with it, or whatever you want to use a fourteen bolt. A four ten is a very mild, like if you had to pick one factory, there you go. Right. So anytime I can find a four ten fourteen bolt for sale for a hundred, hundred fifty bucks, for a while I was buying them and putting them out back. And I still have, I think, two or three of them out back. Really? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> like, what if you need a hub? For a 14 right. bolt, boom, I've got a fucking pile. I've got probably eight hubs back there. Jeez. Sitting on a shelf. Just in case. Never know. Works. I've used them before. Yep. Um, so that's what I mean. If you would find, you would find, you'd search in Facebook and you'd find one that's 410, 14 bolt rear end. You're mm-hmm. like, perfect. I'll buy that. Buy that. Right. So I ended up with all these 410 gear sets and 14 bolts that are all 410s. And I'm like, hmm, the rear's 14 or 410, the front 410s. I can drive this and wheel it on 410s. Right. Is it ideal? No. Is it what I want? No. But it's a start. But point. it's a great baseline. Yeah. So now with the LS, the 400, the 30 Atlas, 43, blah, blah, blah. Now I know what gearing I want and I can make an educated decision on. Do I want to go with like a 538, a 513, exactly. or something else? But you have a baseline that you can literally just go and run. My problem is I'm eventually, I'm like, I'm going to change from 410s. Yeah. I just don't know to what. Where to, yeah. Yeah. How far off are you? So you this I mean? whole process, I'm literally fucking around with this thing going, I'm I am these. going to change these. <laughs> I just but don't want it to grenade great. in the process. Yeah. And that's what Chris told me. He's like, dude, if you get five or six trips out of that and then yeah. want to upgrade gears, yeah. win. Like right. it's, it's a success. Exactly. And I'm like, well, that's where I feel like it's set up to now that I'm not going to have a binding issue. I'm not going to have too much excessive backlash, blah, 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 that I can go wheel it and not have a problem. It's not perfect, but it's 
good enough. Yeah. So that's just, I just didn't want to not be in that good enough and then have an issue where I'm like, no, I spun the front ring and pinion. Right. Like, great. So it tells me is it ready to go back together? It's so right now I got so pissed. I literally left the garage three or four different times yesterday. Like would put clothes on, go out there, work on it, get pissed off and leave. Come back inside, put a fucking t-shirt and athletic shorts on, and sit down and like stare at YouTube hmm. on the TV or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. And then I'd go, all right, quit being a lazy motherfucker. Go back out there and try to do, get- do another one. So I would go switch, put my work clothes on, go out there and fuck around for another hour or so. Come back in. Fuck this thing. I'm done. I'll come back <laughs> in. Like, I changed clothes like eight times yesterday. And God. How far did you get? So right now, the center section is all together. Everything's torqued down tight. The axle shafts are back in, and that's where I was done. Okay. Because I wanted to make sure my axle shafts would go in and everything right. turns, and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Now it's just simply throwing the outer, you know, hub spindles, brakes back on. Right. Seal the cover and put some fluid in it. So my week was a little better than your week. Well, I hope it was. I think it was anyway. It that was like... I don't know. It doesn't seem like much when you go back and like rehash it. Yeah, but it was a lot. But it was like you do a little bit every day. And so, of course, I'm like yeah. one night I'm like, all right, I'm going to fuck with the carrier, like pull it apart and rebuild it twice. And then I'm like, I'm <laughs> done like for the walking night. backwards. Yep. Yeah, I am D-U-N because I didn't get anything else done on my to do list that I needed to get done. Yeah, I like was focused. I was like hyper focused on that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I should have not screwed with it during the week. Mm-hmm. because you only have so much time by the time you're like, I'm going to eat dinner, sit around and relax for an hour, take a shower and then go to work in the morning. All right. So I was like, I should have saved the gear project for like a Saturday where you have the whole day. But yeah, I know the feeling you want to get it done. Cause you're like, Oh God, right. the trip's coming. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. I was making so much progress on mine that I was like excited. Like every, everything I would do, I get a little more excited about it. So it was like gaining momentum. But I got, what did I do this week? It's been, first off, hats off to you because, no. yeah, because building that entire thing, like I just put the axles back in and buttoned all that stuff up. And like, I feel like I've done so much in su- such a short time. I'm not sure what I have and haven't done. So I have a list on my phone mm-hmm. of all the things that I had going. and. Uh, I can show you some of the things. I can tell you some of the things that I had to do. Hold on one second. The wife is texting me. Because all I've got uh-huh. left on my to-do list is like check engine oil. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll show you. I'll get it. I got to wire in my new e-fan. I got a new e-fan controller Okay, Here's that list. I can turn on with the temperature or things. like auto turns on and then you manually override it. Right. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. So I bought one of those when I bought my bigger fan. So I got to like piddly shit, like easy yeah. little, I only like eight more things on my to-do list and I'm done. So. Okay. I just added something to my list. Oh here. my, you're going wrong direction. Did yeah. I, did I like. No, I just something was like looking at the list. I'm like, oh, there's one more thing I need to check after taking a test drive last night. We'll get that. So what's left on the list is to do the top plate on the truss alternator because it's got a cracked case. Top plate on the truss. The truss, we cut the top plate to put the airlocker in. Okay. And it was just an eighth inch plate across the top. Okay. Because when I lowered it, I wasn't sure how much room I was going to have. So I was like, I'll just put a top, an eighth inch plate here and it'll be good enough. Well, 
now we know that I'm going to go to the three link and there needs to be a bracket up there. So I need to make it, I need to make it out of thicker metal. So I'm going to do a three eighths plate across the top. Okay. Yep. Do you need that before the trip? I would prefer the truss to be complete. I don't know that it needs to be. Okay. Because you're not putting that bracket up there now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But on 40s, I feel like it wouldn't hurt. Well, I mean, even eighth inch plate's going to add some in the manner that it's it's cut in half. It's not. Oh, I thought the truss is incomplete. Okay. The truss currently ties the. What does the truss do? It kind of ties the tube to the carrier housing. Like they're kind of welded together, but that's about it. Like there's nothing over the top. So you've taken the bridge and you've taken the deck out of the top of the bridge. I thought you had replaced the bridge deck with an eighth. I had, but then when Chris, when they put the airlocker in up at complete, he asked me, he's like, so we're just going to drill a hole. I was like, I'm going to replace it. So you can just cut it out of the way. Okay. Like make your life easier. Just cut out of the way. He's like, oh, okay. Because I already knew that I was like, I want it to be thicker. Mm-hmm. No, so, I completely got you. I just misunderstood that. Yeah. So now, nope, you're fine. So I've got that. I need to put an alternator on it because the alternator has a sticky bearing, which I, I remedied that, but it's still the case where it has like the openings in the side of the case and you can see the, the windings. Mm-hmm. Four or five of those little like bars are cracked. So the alternator's got something wrong with it. Should, I should replace that before I go. Uh, plumb the lockers, wire the switches to the lockers. Uh, I have a modified power steering pump. I don't know. That's not real high on my list because like, okay. it works like it is. Um, mount the compressor. I need a regulator for my tank. I need a pressure switch. And I just added check the transfer case fluid. So oh, like a fluid check would be nice. Yep. Um, things that have been completed recently. Install rear drive shaft, fill rear nine inch, uh, tighten all the bolts, lube locker and Dana 44 fill diff. Uh, install lockouts done. Test drive done. Um, I purchased a compressor. Uh, adjust the anti-wrap. The anti-wrap, and I don't know how this should be. I have a... Uh, which way is it? So the shackle is up. Didn't we talk about this last week? Did we? Yeah. About, about how the anti-wrap? The preload on the anti-wrap and which way you want the I shackle to go. podcast. So I do believe Chris either texted us, messaged oh, really? us, or posted in Trail Riders about said preload. What is it? I don't. What, like <sighs> I fucking don't remember. Like I don't give two flying fucks about it. So I saw it and went <laughs> poof out of my head. Somehow I missed it. But it, yeah, there was some. I'll ask him. Yeah. Okay. So Just to save you from that entire conversation twice. I've already done it. I've already adjusted it. Okay. I. The shackle was laid backwards at maybe 10 degrees towards the back axle. Mm -hmm. And the shackle is up, is like facing up. So the quarter inch and quarter heim is at the bottom of the shackle and the solid mount point is at the top of the shackle. Yep. It was laid back at a 10. I adjusted it the other day. Now it's sitting at like maybe a three degree angle lean back. It's very minimal. And I took it for a ride down the road last night and got on the throttle and then let off and it didn't feel like the rear end twisted this mm-hmm. now. So I don't know if that fixed it or if the leaf spring fixed well, it. Well, I feel like your broken ass leaf springs probably, probably got something not to help. do with that because yeah. they're going to move around. On, on, it's going to be unpredictable. Think, yeah. Because you're not getting that spring rate being right. broke. Yeah. yeah. So it's so essentially it like issue. having like a one leaf pack, which that, would be like the whoa. front bushings were not like tight in spec, you know, like good enough. They're good enough for trail. But that was about it. So anyway, um, Whereas I adjusted the high on the anti-wrap bar. 
I polished the wheels and the rings. Those are done. I assembled my beadlocks this week. I know a lot of you have seen that already on the trail riders or maybe on Instagram. Uh, I got all that done. I reassembled the 44, put the U-joints in the axles, painted the axle shafts, installed, let's see, uh, front drive shaft U-joint. I did not do the front drive shaft U-joint. I had that on my list and I have the U-joint, but when I went to go check it, it felt fine. So I don't understand why I thought it needed to be fixed. Do you want my word of advice? Sure. Change it. Too late. You're not going to change it. Nope. Because. It was fine. Okay, well, here's my thought. Okay. You're going to be sitting here a week from now, and you're going to go. <laughs> we should have changed that. I checked it, and it was fine. I had the joint. I should have checked it, or I should have changed it, But because that's some shit that I would do. Okay, so I checked it, and I don't. I just don't understand. I feel like there was a hang-up at one time. Like, when I took okay. it apart, I feel like it was hanging up. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back, it was smooth, but it was dirty. Mm-hmm. had some dirty grease in it. So I pulled the caps off. I inspected it. I put it back together. I pumped it full of grease. Oh, it's a greasable moved, greaser? Uh-huh. It's Ooh. a greasable U-joint. So I just serviced it. I over-serviced you it. Just rep- I just kept I just kept pumping grease into it until it started until until clean grease started pumping out around the uh-huh. the caps. You should just replace it with a non-greasable one. I wiped it all off. I have a non-grease. I think I have a non-greasable in the Jeep. But anyway, nonetheless, I have a spare. I have until it takes out the ear. That's my biggest caveat with spare U-joints. Yeah. Everybody, like, I've done it. Yeah. I always have spare U-joints. Right. And I'm like. Until it breaks the yoke. I've always, I had <laughs> spare 44 U-joints in my 44. Yeah. I never fucking needed them because you would always smoke the ears off the axle shafts. And you're yeah. like, this brand new U-joint does me no bit of good right now. So far. But. In my experience. T- you got time. Just knock your out. I'm not going to guarantee that's going to happen. There's, the cross looks fine. There's I know. literally nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying. Ian Luck. Anyway, Ian Luck, bro. <laughs> anyway, I it didn't. was on the list. I greased it. I serviced it. It feels great. It feels like a new U-joint. Sending it. And we're good. It's, Dude, it's in there. If it fucks I'm not up planning now, on there's going to be shit. like if it breaks, 45 people who are like, yeah. Good. But the best just part is they'll be like, tell you me know so. what? Next time you want to tell me so, just come over here new. and change it for me. Yeah, you want to you want to donate to the changing most fund? annoying thing to change, like unbolting the bolts on the at the transfer case, just annoying. Do you have? Is it a flange? Yeah, no. Where it bolts the transfer case, or is it the straps? No, where it bolts the transfer case is kind of like a flange ish. It's got four bolts that bolt through the double carton into the yoke on the transfer case. The double carton captures the the uh, U joint cap. Oh. It's like it's two halves, and then they bolt together like this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's how most mm-hmm. double cartons are. Mine always had it just a, on the full size. Like, oh, on the, a, and had a flange, a flange on the double carton? Yeah. Weird. No. It's normal. I mean, it's how it should be, but Jeep didn't do it that way. Huh. So, anyway, um, I serviced it. Uh, U-bolts are tightened and torqued. Install the nine inches, done. Bastard pack the springs, done. Fabricate third link oh these are things that were on the list that that got postponed. deleted yeah postponed which was some link stuff and uh anti-coning spacers are done uh lower link bushings are done and um that's it i think yep that's that's all so i did all that so it's got the tires are mounted with new valve stems and the anti-coning rings which went well oh no did i not bring it you didn't bring it 
Are you kidding me? I cannot make this up. Are you shitting me? True story. Damn. Well, I've been sitting here for like two hours. Uh, that sucks. I was, I had in my pocket yesterday and didn't bring it with me. I was going to show you why having an insert in your beadlock is ideal. An insert. What do you mean by the insert? insert the inserts, instead of having the wheel threaded, oh, having yeah. the insert on the backside. Mm-hmm. Um, I grade eight bolts, the mm-hmm. whole shebang, grade eight bolts. I'm torquing it down to 30 pounds, 30 foot pounds. The first go around doing a 30 foot pound torque. And just it seats everything down and then you can go back and do a 25 because they're always loose, you know, behind mm-hmm. it. Grade eight bolt snapped it off 30 foot pounds. Happens. <laughs> it's not supposed to happen. Happens. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe quarter inch bolts are not meant to be torqued to 30 Anything foot pounds. that is made can be broken. Oh, for sure. For so, sure. I mean, so wait, what is the torque spec for a quarter inch bolt? Um, But anyway. I'm going around torquing them and this one just pink pops off. And so now I have a bolt that's not tight, but it's in the insert. Mm-hmm. I just took a punch, tap, knock, tap, tap, knock the insert out, out of there yep, and grab another it. bolt, sank her down in there mm-hmm. and on with like on with my process. It was like a one, two minute process instead of like trying to figure out how am I going to get this bolt back out of this wheel? So that was what I was going to tell you is like, that's the high side of doing inserts over having a threaded wheel. I like that concept. Oh, I 100% agree. So the wheels are done. Tires are done. Um, everything's installed. And last night I took it for a test drive. And the only thing I noticed on the test drive is the steering is sloppy, but I also had seven and a half pounds of air in the tires, mm-hmm. in the front tires and five in the rear. And when I was backing on the driveway, I swear I heard something going like a, like almost in the transfer case or something. Can I make a noise? But I have no idea what it was. And I have a driveline vibration over 35 miles an hour under load. If I let out, no vibration, under load, vibration. Four wheel drive. Two wheel drive. Two wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. At that point, the lockouts were not engaged. So the front end wasn't spinning. So, yeah, that's what I have going on transfer case mount doesn't have a mount mounts the transmission transmission mount seemed to be good okay you said it's under load under load so presumably rear drive shaft angle it's a double carden and on those on that type of shaft it's recommended that the pinion be pointing at the transfer case yeah you want it as straight as possible yeah Mm mm-hmm uh andrew on the we've got a little group for the patrons yep and i I posted in there about it and uh he said ideally be within one degree up or down mm-hmm. of straight where yeah of inline oh gosh like six i don't know it's off he's like oh, i've seen worse i'm like yeah it doesn't make it good <laughs> i've seen what is that the problem great. like if that's the problem then we'll just go ahead and do that um like we're not drink, just shim it so i can't I don't see why I you couldn't just shim could it. Could if I had shims, mm. but then I have to take the leaf part, the leaf pack back apart. No, I just put it on. Well, yes, but I mean, you just slide it on the top of the leaf pad, like the degree I have to shims. Take, yeah, but I have to take the bolt back out. So basically, redisassemble the entire end. Um. So I've used shims a couple times, and yeah. I don't remember them bolt. Now they do bolt into the leaf pack. Yep, they bolt into the leaf pack. So what's the issue? Uh, I don't have shims on hand. Okay. 
They sell those. I had good luck with them. Well, nobody ever has had good shins and with those. The way to do it, it is we'll just perch. find the last time yeah. in its current orientation. Mm -hmm. Or I can adjust it slightly by currently the load, the preload on the springs is forward. So the, the pinion is actually tipped down mm -hmm. even a touch more than what it would be at rest. So I could go the other direction and wrap the leaf spring and put preload on the springs the other direction a little bit and get us a lot closer to. See, I would steer against that because the axle is going to wrap backwards that way anyway. The axle, when wrapped, when hooked into that anti-wrap bar, is not wrapping anywhere. Well, this is true. That mm. thing is. Well, that's going to wrap. I can't see how. It's going. Well, that it's not a solid. That and shackle does, is going to so, move. So if it does wrap backwards, if it if it was able to wrap backwards, which I don't see how it could, because the shackle, the top bar of the anti-wrap is almost parallel to the ground mm -hmm. like it's straight and you're still going to get spring wrap it's just going to be very it's going to it's going it's to push the axle down yeah or whatever anyway nonetheless if it does wrap at all that'll make the yoke in line with the you know what i'm saying like it will wrap it it'll try to wrap it in line with i don't know i need to talk to somebody that knows more than i know about these things i wish i knew where that post was at about chris from Chris. I'll find it for you here in okay. a little bit. Chop, chop, motherfucker, chop, chop. But anyway, so yeah, I got all the stuff is done. There's fluid in the diffs. I, I literally got done the other day and I'm like, did I do everything? Like, is it all done? I did record a video on how to install uh, Dana 44 hub bearings and like reassemble a hub on a Dana 44 mm -hmm. and how to install the Yukon lot hardcore lockouts. So hopefully I'll get that video edited. And put up because I think it would be a pretty good install. You want video. to preload the traction bar slightly down, it will want to climb up under <sighs> acceleration. Yep, that's where it's at right now. He also said you don't need to regulate the air pressure to the locker solenoids because he runs his at 130 to 150 with no issue. Pressure Seriously? switch comes on at 100 and off at 150. Where'd he send that at? Facebook. On the messenger? Yes. Oh. Really? I don't need to regulate it? But they said, to it, was, the they said it was good to, solenoids. Oh, to the locker solenoids. Really? Mm -hmm. So he runs it to the locker. Does it regulate through the solenoid? You don't need to regulate the air pressure to the locker solenoids. I run mine at three, 130 to 150 with no issues. Huh. They're just saying with the solenoid, it's only rated to X amount of PSI, whatever the fuck it is. And if you run it higher than that, you're probably going to blow them out eventually. The... What I understood is that it can blow the O-rings out in the locker. On the zip locker. No. So my assumption is the locker solenoid is going to get tank pressure yes. to that. And the, the locker, it's only going to get X amount of PSI out of that to the to the, It's not dumping tank pressure to the locker. How, so then it's internally regulated through the. That would be my, it's only going to let so much air through it. Weird. Before it closes and considers itself locked. Oh, really? I would think. I don't know. That sounds weird. Who knows these things? It's going to be too late by the time you even tell me because. Yep. <laughs> I don't want a failure. I don't want a locker failure. Well, I don't. There's so no, if they said between 85 and 100 pounds. There's no going to be no problems running one. I just think right. you're going to blow shit up. Or you run the risk of blowing shit up. It's no different than running an air compressor wide open without a tool regulator on your tool. Yeah. Your tools are going to run the same. It's just you're going to blow balls to the wall pressure to it i sure did miss you guys are having a conversation this is after he posted that jeep picture 
I missed that whole thing because he went to the next thing I opened up was the Miller Lite picture. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what's left to do is plumb the lockers and get everything set up. Yep. I need a pressure switch. And in my in my book, I need a regulator and I need to get everything hooked up. Those are the goals for this week. Do it. Yes. And then hopefully get a truck and a trailer all set up and squared away, get all that shit ready. And if with any kind of luck, maybe have the Jeep on the trailer ready to go Wednesday or Thursday. I would night. shoot for that. That's what I'm shooting with for. With your track record of not getting shit done until trailer issues and like <laughs> loading shit. I have honestly <laughs> never loaded my shit for a wheeling trip the day I'm leaving. No? No. Always before. Always before. Huh. Like the, the day I leave for a wheeling trip, I'm getting in the truck and driving out the door. Huh. Minus a cooler. Nice. Less because goodness. I'm like, I don't want to, I just don't want to fuck with loading it in the morning, that morning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be rushed. I want to take my time, putting it on there, strapping it down. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, that'd be nice. I still have to do a lot. I have things I got to do. Just keep the foot on the pedal, man. Trying, trying to, and having family. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah. And work, working on trying to make money. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to the life. Uh, we have a guest. We do. Do you want to get to that? We can. We should call him. Okay. This week, our guest, this is going to be a cool one. The week, this, the guest this week is Chris Gruno of Reckless Wrench Garage. And we're going to call him up and talk to him about how he got into off road and things of that nature. Let's get him on the line. You have a collect call from Steve from Total Off Road Podcast. Would you like to accept charges? Um, yeah. Hello. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> that was wonderful. Hi. Hi. Well, how's it going? Um, it's awesome sauce. Are you excited to talk to Chris from Reckless Ranch? Well, now you just said awesome sauce. I just want nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring it back to food as usual, but like awesome sauce. I'm like, oh yeah, I did get screwed out of nuggets yesterday. You so told, you told me you didn't want anything this morning. I asked if you wanted breakfast. Like, can't, no, no, I you got can't something. buy nuggets before 11. Jeez, I learned this yesterday. Sorry. I, I will say my lunch on Thursday was inspired by you guys. Cause I went to, went to McDonald's and got a 10 piece and I saw someone on the trail riders post to do barbecue sauce and honey, Ooh, uh, yeah. honey barbecue. like mixed together. Uh-huh. That was, that was legit. Was it legit? Dude, we're changing lives yep. here. God. Yeah. Yes. What'd you do with a ten piece? Had a snack, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty or bust. <laughs> yeah, gotta, I, I probably would have been dead after lunch if I did that. You, oh yeah, you wouldn't have been productive at all. That's no, for sure. No. Not at all. Yeah, that's that's us on the on which what, what was that the nug the nuggy no. said was it we did like thirty. Oh no, it was the. No, it was just, <laughs> no, it was the other day when we were setting up and when we recorded that, um, oh, the one for the, the patrons preview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We anyway. had like pre-show nuggets. Yeah. Pre-show nuggets. And we, and I gave it to the patrons and they're like, well, if you're into ASMR, this is great because these condenser mics pick up everything. And so, yeah, they were, they were digging it. Like they, they liked the extra content. But like, how many nuggets did you eat? I was like 30. <laughs> I Nothing had to like it. chewing in high fidelity. Yes. Oh, it's definitely, it was definitely that. It was like, you could hear. <laughs> so I, I edit with a uh, full headphones on and you can hear the, like the crunch of the nugget. 
It's it's wild. They were good nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how you know they're good. You can hear the crunch. Uh, so anyway, get off of our nuggets. We're always on nuggets. We're always we on nuggets because we're we like to eat. I'm sorry. <laughs> we just All said right. sauce. <clears throat> Let's get back to our guest and try to make this semi almost professional. As professional as this podcast can be. Uh, Chris, <laughs> where you where do you currently reside? Um, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes. And you're down there by um, Wesson. Yeah, uh, Wesson from Be Not Baby. He mm-hmm. lives, uh, like, he's like 30, 30 or 40 minutes away from me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's pretty close to here. And I've met up with him a couple times now to go uh, wheeling out here. Yes. Go ahead. I just want to know, like, why why are you not at Trail Hero right now? That's a good question. Oh man, well, with uh, the coronavirus, quote unquote, pandemic, uh-huh. whatever you want to call it, uh, traveling this year for me has not been very easy to do, just because of my work and everything like that. So I, I'm in the military, and leaving leaving the state has proven to be difficult. So oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because I'm over here like, well, you know, it's like on the other side of the country and my stuff's not reliably ready for all that kind of wheeling. But the pictures and videos have been awesome. Yeah. So this this whole last month has been rough for me because like, oh, yeah, Trail Hero, that's only eight hours away. And Mm -hmm. I would love to go over there. But then even just a couple weeks ago was the rescheduled full-size invasion that uh mm. me and chris from uh another chris from reckless french chris, you know yeah. we part we kind of sparked part of that to go up there and do it and then i wasn't even able to make it up there just because of some of my oh. work related things so yeah the last few weeks have been just nothing but people on red rock doing awesome four-wheeling and i'm just like swiping through instagram yeah feeling <laughs> sorry for myself like your so, story of my life right there yeah. so i can yeah. relate to you real well mm-hmm. like oh this this sure looks like they're having a good time yeah oh look my shit's on jack stands the problem with trail hero <laughs> is i look at that and i'm like how do you hit everything you want to hit in the short time you'd be out there so i'm like i want to mm. go out there for like a month oh there you yeah go. yeah but i don't have any idea how to like make that financially possible to like take a month off of work and go across the country and go wheeling but is that is that kind of like getting groceries like you go out to get groceries out of the car and you like fill your arms up to get everything in one in one time like one trip yeah is that the same yeah. like you're yeah. like i'm gonna take a month off so i can do it all in one trip versus just going back yeah uh-huh because i'm not walking back out to the car or right. across the country or across the country yeah I don't know. See, my thing is I love like the technical rock crawling side of things. But you built a bouncer? And I built a bouncer. Well, yeah, we don't have technical rock stuff here. Um, but like, oh, West Coast wheeling. It's oh, like, yeah. be still by beating heart mm. for me. Yeah. And like that, the technical like cone dodging type of rock crawling, you know, I I haven't personally done it, but I did get to go. Um, we went to the Grand Nationals last year up in Farmington, New Mexico, which is only like two hours from us. And that was like one of the first times I've actually seen like the cone dodging aspect of it. And what those guys are able to do in those little buggies is it 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 blows my mind, like watching them like they'll be driving mm. crab sideways up like a cliff pretty much. And <laughs> yeah, it is. It Just is insane. sideways and go up a cliff. Yep. Yep. It's just normal everyday Sounds stuff like a for good them. Time. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, let me let's get a little bit of your background. 
And I want to ask you, how did you get bit by the off-road bug? All right. So rewind to where I was like 15 in high school. Uh I didn't have a driver's license or anything like that, but my best friend who I spent a lot of time growing up with, he got a 95 Jeep Cherokee. Everybody starts Uh, with Cherokee. Yeah. (laughs) This thing, we called this, uh, we called his Jeep Olga. She was, she wasn't pretty, but she got the job done. Um, (laughs) And, uh, we we beat the crap out of his out of his jeep it was an old retired like male jeep so it was white no nothing frilly about it and right-hand we drive? took what's that right hand drive no it wasn't oh. so it wasn't right hand drive okay, it was still it was still left hand drive but everything okay. else about it was male jeep so. yeah um but yeah we we'd go up in the in the mountains i grew up in washington state i didn't grow up in in uh New Mexico, uh-huh. but um, so we'd take it up in the mountains, get it, that thing stuck in the mud or in the snow, and that's kind of how off roading started for me. It was just in, kind of in the passenger seat, doing stupid things with him, and then you know eventually once I got my license, I had at first I had an Explorer, which that thing I didn't I didn't really care for that. It was like a ninety eight, but then I bought I bought my Ranger, which I have now, and I've been evolving that over the last what 12 or 13 years 15 years i don't remember how long i've had it now um since then so it all started it all started with an xj honestly it always (laughs) does man like always does i never started with an xj so i don't know (laughs) that life but like yeah i don't know if i feel bad for people that start with it i don't know i do (laughs) because like there's nowhere to go from there well that's what i mean like Everybody seems to like start there and then go, yeah, I don't want to live that life. So there's not just you, like there's some guys out there that wheel yep. some bad ass XJs, but yep. it's like, I everybody starts it. there because it's easy to get into. So easy. And, and then instead so of upgrading it, they're just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go over here. There's that too. There <laughs> are a few guys that do that. And then there's other guys like West and they're like, I love to upgrade. I'm going to upgrade. So I'll just bolt i'll just weld a bunch of tube to this xj yep until there's absolutely no xj left oh yeah yeah except for tube and a motor yeah (laughs) i did not realize his buggy was a xj until i was watching your video chris the uh buggies versus full-bodied rigs oh yeah yeah his his rock lizard you know it's it's the full xj drivetrain in there so yeah, so it, it is just a buggy with extra drive train. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. still, he was like, I want to get away, but at the same time, I don't want to get away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does, he just can't. He just you know? can't. He yeah. just can't. He's yeah. married to it. Uh so tell us about your <laughs> ranger. Oh god, this is great. Um, so yeah, it's the 91 Ranger. Um, it's pretty much just the cab and frame left of it now. Um I bought it. Like I was at when I was 18 and I uh, got out of high school, I sold the Explorer and I went and bought this 1991 Ranger for 1500 bucks. And it had, uh, it had 150,000 miles on the clock. Um, I bought, so interesting story about when I got it, Craigslist find, you know, it was in excellent, it was in like mint, pretty much mint condition when I found it manual. So me and my friend go to check this thing out. And we roll up and I knock on the door and this lady answers and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm trying, I'm looking to buy your truck. They have a poster for sale. And she's like, okay, let me, let me get the keys. And she comes out and 
I had to do a double take because she only had one arm and she had her right arm. And this truck is a manual as I spent yes. a long time looking for the four liter with a manual transmission. Cause that's what I wanted. And I, you know, I, she saw this confused look on my face and she's like, she's like, yeah, I have to sell it because the court's ordering me to sell it. Cause I got caught driving oh, get out this truck with one arm and I have a restriction on my license. So apparently, you know, she's that been driving this thing for years, just power shifting, you know, steering, hitting the gear real quick and then going back up hey. to the wheel. And It's not that um, hard. No. Like once you get used to it, it's not that hard. It's a little yeah. harder if you only have a left arm, but yeah. in the, I have always <laughs> been curious about this. And in the semi, I do that. Like I would do that in the semi. Like, all right, if I didn't have this arm, how hard would this really be? <laughs> Well, throw a cheeseburger in one hand and you're like, all that's, right, now that's I'm driving one handed. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So, wow, it's wild that that's a, a legit like restriction on your license. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, just because y'all have two arms does not mean that I need two arms. Yeah. Okay. Damn people. Extra shit to get in the way. I got two legs. I'll hold that clutch in. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pissed. I would be, I would tell the system to go somewhere. Yeah. Like, no, no, yeah, I'm not I mean, it worked out in my favor because I got right. the truck for pretty dang cheap. But I mean, it's crazy now. Like you look online, like you can't really find many $1,500 trucks like mm -hmm. at all. But deal. so I got that from her and um, I didn't, I, I mean, I had almost no mechanical knowledge at that point in my life. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't know too much, but I had a friend of mine uh in high school who you know he knew how to weld and well kind of well he knew yeah he knew how to weld for the most was this, part and was this still up in washington yes yeah okay. no this is all up in washington still um so clean god it's so clean yeah and uh we you know we built some bumpers for it and that's about it and i put i put like a little uh, lift on it and some 31s and a locker and then just went camping and all up all over, all over the mountains in it um and it kind of just stayed like that and then i left for the air force and i didn't really drive it for like a year and a half it sat at home and then once i got it i i was then at that point i was living in arkansas little rock arkansas hmm. and i got finally got my truck there after not having it for almost like a, two, almost two years wow. and the wheeling bug was like, like I was so oh yeah, you're in the heart. dying to get out. And I moved to Arkansas and I'm like, wait a minute, there's no public lands here. I can't just like go drive like 30 minutes away and go tear up the mountains or anything like that. So uh, I went uh, to my very first off-road park, which is Hot Springs ORV Park. Nice. And then there I find, I that was the first time I saw anything rock crawling related and, you know, it's not like the technical competition rock crawling, but more mm -hmm. along the lines of like hobby, like hill climb. Yeah, uh -huh. like hill climbs, kind of a set, some of the big rocks that they have down there. And I was like, OK, this is this is where I need to be. And then at that point, I started building my truck to be able to do that stuff down there. Because before when I lived in Washington, I, did, I didn't do any rock crawling or anything like that. It was just like trail riding, kind of adventure camping type things and you know, I didn't really understand rock crawling, but then once I went down and I saw it, I was like, okay, this is, this is awesome. Now, now I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get bit by the rock crawling bug. You're like, wait a minute. Can, yeah. And then yeah, after my first trip down to the off-road park, it was like a massive snowball rolling down the side of a mountain because 
you know, it was just one thing after another I was doing. So first, you know, I built the, I mean, the Ranger, it has, uh, it had that twin traction beam from Ford. Mm -hmm. So first I tried kind of building on that and I went up to like 33s and re-gearing and stuff like that. And then didn't really care for that. Came back from a deployment, did, uh, I, I built a Dana 44. I bought out of some guy's shed for 200 bucks. I built, fully rebuilt it from, you know, the bearings out completely rebuilt it. And then, uh, went up to 37s, put a doubler in it, saw how awesome that was and then kept going from there. Then around 2013, I moved out to, um, New Mexico, that's when I got stationed out here. And then here there's a whole nother dynamic where, yeah, you know, it's public lands everywhere. So, I mean, and slick, like it's not slick rock like Moab where it's really traction. Like you have a ton of traction, but it's more sandstone that kind of disintegrates on your tires. So you don't have as much traction, but you have tons of open desert and then awesome, like slick rock uh, stuff out here. And then, yeah, it's, it's been rolling downhill. I mean, I've been, once I got out here, I had, I did a V8 swap and it's got 351 Windsor in it now. Um, I've built a radius arm front suspension with a solid axle swap. And then I now have a three link on the front. And now I have a four link on the rear with trailing arms. But I just, the first version of it, I just did a regular four link with the shocks mounted off the axle. And now it's, um, it's got the trailing arm set up with bypasses on it. So I can, I'm kind of getting more into like go fast and rock crawl type stuff, especially after going to a couple ultra four type things and seeing what those guys can do. It's, uh, I want to do everything. So (laughs) I feel like, I feel like a lot of people start leaning that direction. Like you can build a ultra four inspired rig that can not only do the rock crawling and stuff like that, but then I can also kind of, do a little bit faster and hit some of the whoops in which, and like when you're out where you have public lands and washes and things like that, it seems like you need a rig that can do that. So you can get to where you're going a little bit quicker and you're, oh, not, yeah. just, you're not, you're just creeping along down a wash or whatever, trying to get to where you're going, but you can hit the whoops and just kind of bebop on over there. And you're like, okay, now I'm at the obstacle I want to get to. So like, that yeah, definitely that, seems like and that's kind of how it evolves to you. Cause to get to some of like the obstacles and stuff like that, you know, it's not like an off-road park where, oh yeah, you just cruise down this nice kind of trail that they made and then you take a right here and you're right there. It's like, oh yeah, you're driving 10, 15, 20 miles out into the desert, like just to get to this one obstacle that you want to get to. And yeah, the faster you get there, the better. And I want to go on it. Like once, once you get in like a true go fast vehicle that has been built for that, mm-hmm. going back to anything different does not feel right. Like I went out to king of the hammers for the first time to being this year and um he won't say it was it was built for it but uh our friend steve that we met on instagram from fortify off-road um he has a blazer that he did an i-beam front suspension on and it only had leaves at the time he's totally rebuilding it now but you know it had like it was like 18 inches of travel or 20 inches of travel up front and then the rear end was built with bypasses to you and he took us for some rips out there and I was just like, okay, yeah, none of my suspension is anywhere near where it should be. And that's kind of like where I've been building this year is just to try and get better high speed performance, um, not just like a rock crawler based vehicle. So, 
Sounds pretty awesome. Now you see why I want to go out there for a long time. Oh, yeah. Out do to, it all. Yeah, out west and oh, try it all. Yeah, I'm just going to take off uh, six months and just go yep. out west. Just, wow. do, just <laughs> yeah. do like Holly and just retire and just go live your life on yep. the trail. Like, yeah. It doesn't sound like a bad idea. No, it'd be, definitely you, be a dream. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but she seemed to figure it out. <laughs> um, the front, you now have a uh, Spider Tracks 609 in there? Yeah, so I built that axle. I mean, I've spent over a year collecting parts for it, just buying used, different used parts. Um, the housing I got off of Pirate uh, and the knuckles I got off of Pirate. And then, yeah, I just I found some used unit bearings on Facebook that were new. They were new in box, just the guy never used them. And Jeez. long time collecting it, built, put it together um, beginning of this year and did the three link swap. And I've been rocking that thing and it's awesome. Does it feel any different than, than the Dana 44? Um, it doesn't. Driveway? I mean, yeah. no, feeling well. At the same time, I built the three link suspension. So oh. the suspension definitely feels different, but the axle. Um, it is, it is the exact same wheel mount surface and everything. Uh, so it, it is like an unnoticeable change other than just the increase in strength. And it looks awesome underneath there, the fabricated axle housings. I mean, they're just like a work of art really. Yeah. They're they're, right. go- they're gorgeous to look at. You're like, yeah. I don't want to beat on it, but I want to so look at it. While, yeah. we're, <laughs> while we're talking about that, I'll, I'll use you as a, as a reference point. Um, how much different was it going from the radius arms to the three link significant really um yes so i had the for i'll try and explain this the i had i didn't have like your typical uh jeep xj radius arm setup i had the ford yeah. radius arms where it's a wedge on the axle uh-huh. that has a bushing and i had james stuff radius arms they were pretty long they were they were like 37 to 40 inches i don't remember exactly it's pretty but, good I believe so. I believe the Ford design is better than the Jeep mm-hmm. design, where they, you know, they have the upper, right? Not a link, but it's the it's it like is, the tube though. that yeah. comes from the axle to the arm. Right. It is technically um, it's a link, but it goes down yeah. the radius. It just completes the radius arm, so that the axle can't move around. That's what I have currently. Yeah, and so I think the Ford design is a little bit better because I think the the way the wedges are made or the way the wedges are designed, you get a little bit more flex in the bushings um than the other the other way but yeah. um it would have been I, nice if if i'd have known if i would have known then what i know now i would not have bought the long arm kit that i bought when i did the half ton swap i would have just figured out how to make those bushings i would have made like a a joint or like a i would have made like a clamp style bracket to go around the factory bushings on the ford like on the yeah. 44 and then I would have just made a radius arm off of that. And I wouldn't have not even, I would never mess with the trying to put the Jeep stuff onto the 44. Cause that was a yeah. mess. And I think it just would have been a better design. Yeah. And so with the, the, you know, the radius arms, they, you have an inherent bind in your articulation just because of the way the, the bushing design and the way it, it is. I mean, you could get them set up or like some people will do like a wristed radius arm, something like that to where it's nowhere near as bad, but, uh, it's it almost the radius arm design almost acts like a built-in sway bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did the three link, that was the that was the first thing I noticed right away driving it is there's uh you know significantly more felt body roll really? um in the front and in, in the front just because I didn't have 
that, that radius arm binding um, as it was. But with that being said, I felt like the front suspension was so much more free to do what it needed to do. So in the mount, in the times I've taken it out, I haven't had a ton of extensive testing. I've taken it out a few times. Um, it feels much more predictable, um, really? rock crawling wise, mm-hmm. and it feels much more planted on climbs and things like that. I feel like I know kind of how the axle is going to going to behave in that it's going to get traction when I'm expecting it to. So uh-huh. that's awesome. What are you running for traction additors, like traction devices in the axles? Um, so both, both my axles are, are, uh, nine inches mm-hmm. and I have, uh, the Yukon Grizzly in both of them. Yep. I like my Grizzly yeah. mine. It was pretty good. Yeah. I love, so I love automatic lockers. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to think about turning anything on. Uh, you don't have, I'm I'm jealous that you have selectables because believe me I well, I would I would like the option to be able to turn them off but I'm also my build yeah. philosophy is keep it simple, simple if mm-hmm. I can so mm. I kind of try and base things on that because the well that and I'm cheap uh select <laughs> or the <laughs> the Yukon is so much the Grizzly is so much cheaper than the selectable because I thought about yeah. putting an ARB in the front nine inch when I built oh, it yeah. but then I saw the price and I'm just like. Ugh. Yeah, no, uh, lucked, not for me. So. I lucked out so much when I picked up my nine inch. Uh, Quick Performance had had it listed on Amazon, and they had that selectable listed for the Yukon Ziplocker. He had it up there on Amazon for six hundred and forty bucks. Oh man, I know. Yeah, and I was like, that's like right around that, the price of a Grizzly. So I know, and I was like, that seems awfully affordable. And and I hit him up, and it was the only one he had. He had on the shelf just sitting there, and saw that Yukon was sold out of them. Decided he would go ahead and list it on Amazon. He's like, I'm surprised it lasted two weeks. And I was like, it was waiting for me. It knew that I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I ended up picking that up. Like, I wasn't going to, but I was like, I already have a selectable for the front now. I may as well, um, you know, buy a selectable for the rear. I'm excited that I did that because I was going to do a spool and I was okay with the spool idea because I've, you know, driven around welded before. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was going to run the Grizzly or the uh, the Detroit that I already had in the front. I was going to run it up front. But then when it was broken, I ended up switching to that zip locker. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to give these air lockers a At a least chance. you guys yeah. have options. <laughs> like four, 14 volt life is do you want to weld it? Do you want to <laughs> buy a spool? Or you could buy an ARB for a selectable. And oh, oh you don't like ARB's price tag? Sorry. Yeah, too bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. Yeah, and that's I like mean, when I built the front axle, like I, I really wanted a selectable i was yeah uh just because in the front end especially i want it's like trying to go trying to go fast in the desert with a locked front end you, mm-hmm. you really can't in four-wheel drive just because i mean your steering is not i mean the grizzly won't really unlock under torque right. load or anything like that so it's i really wanted a selectable to be able to put it in four-wheel drive mm-hmm. and like just bomb in the desert so i usually do two-wheel drive in the desert but yeah I I drove mine for the first time last night, and I will say, so I drive the KJ on the daily, and like I'll hit like ditches and stuff like that from time to time. I'll just like, oh, I need I need a fix, you know, and I'll just yeah. dip off into a ditch somewhere, or whatever. The XJ compared to the KJ, it's just well, there's just no comparison. Like forties forties <laughs> and all the flex versus IFS and thirty twos with like no travel because of 
um, stuffing it into the wheel wells. <laughs> and so like, yeah. I went and did some stuff last night and I was trying to find, there's so decent little hills that I mow around, like decent little ditches that I mow in my, like on my one mile stretch that I live on. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good steep little incline. And I go over to it with the XJ and I pull up on it. I'm like, okay, well, that's not nearly enough. So I'm going to need more. <laughs> yeah. It's like on the lawnmower, it feels like it feels pretty steep on the lawnmower. And then you go under the Jeep on 40s and you're like, nope, no, nope, this isn't near anywhere near big enough. Ended up using the neighbor's, um, the neighbor's gooseneck. It's got a gooseneck with a hydraulic dovetail. And I went over to his place. I'm like, hey, uh, can we put the dove down on the trailer real quick? He's like, oh, sure. So he put the dove down. I backed it up on there and then pulled it up trying to check flex and get the fluids moved out to the outer bearings and stuff like that on the nine inch. So, so am I a uh, question for you guys? Am I yeah. like the only person that has been trying to justify to themselves buying a forklift just to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no, no, because I, I just about scored one for a pretty good price Ooh, from work. It's a 2000 pound capacity. And I was oh, like, all righty. Like, I don't know if that's going to be enough or not <laughs> enough for one. I mean, corner? you could lift up the corner of a, a vehicle. You could yeah. drop engines in, move axles around. Like my thought is I want to lift the entire end of a vehicle. 2000 be 2000 be getting pretty close. Here's why, because when you go coil springs on mm -hmm. your you know or coilovers, mm -hmm. and you want to change your coil springs, you the whole thing. It is sketchy as hell using a high lift to fully extend your oh, yeah. 18 oh. or 16 inch coilovers. Why don't you use the engine hoist? It well, yeah, I just I hook it up to the cherry picker. I don't think it would lift it. Oh, it would. That's what it's I do four, on my truck. It's four tons collapsed. All right. Like you well, don't weigh eight thousand pounds. And I don't keep. Land. I guess okay. That yeah. okay. It probably work, but Where's I don't it? keep my engine hoist in the garage because oh, one car garage life. It's oh. in the shed. Yeah. Oh, that does make it a little extra hard. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I got the I got the folding one from mm -hmm. Hobo Freight, so I could like kind of fold it up, and it's always <laughs> it's always in the way. But <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. So I just use a like sixty inch high lift, and boy. I would be that's afraid sketchy. like all the time. Yeah, that's extra so sketchy. I wouldn't I've, do that. I've come up with this is this is the best of the worst scenario for you. Mm -hmm. Cause I just did this. I just changed my springs this week on my front coil. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Um jack it up with the high lift. And then I have some four by four blocks that I have cut to the right length that go on top of the axle truss up to the bottom of like the front winch plate. They like line up real nice there with the tubes. So you can put like, I, I want to say I feel safer with like a four by four block holding this <laughs> huge it's like gap. It's, a, it's like a hood prop for yeah, your rig. It's literally like, so I put two of them in there and I'm like, if this falls, this should slow it down enough that I can just like let me tuck and roll out of the way. Let me make you feel a little bit better about that. Okay. We used to, when needed, we would do the same thing with a four by four on the tailgates of the semis. Mm -hmm. So like, if you need to work on something, you need to have a tailgate open, but you need to have a bed kind of down. Yep. So you raise the bed all the way up, wedge a four by four block in there, and then let the bed back down. And then now the tailgate's sitting up. Mm -hmm. If you're in there working and that four by four slips, probably let you know pretty quick. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. You're going to be dead within minutes. That is the it's not a big deal. It's going to cut you in half. Yep. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was don't like, worry about it. I, I was sitting there the first time and I was like, this is sketchy as hell. <laughs> and I was like, so like you literally, but you took the whole coil over out 
Well, you I just to. I just pull the lowers. Yeah. Um, I just pull the lowers off so that you can slide the spring off. The the worst part is you have to pull. You have to fully extend the coil over. Mm-hmm. Then you pull the bolts out, and then you need to take it up about another click or two on the high lift because you got to get a little <laughs> bit more. You know, you got to get it out of the mount so it'll swing down uh-huh. so you can get the uh, the lower coil Cut keeper out. off and all that. Jeez. So you've got to like. But that's the sketchy part because the blocks fit when it's up. They don't fit when it's like two inches lower. So you've got to like completely. Oh, oh dude. That's what I'm telling you. So, yeah, yeah no you, forklift. It's a great idea. It's a thought. Yeah. 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 yeah so, no, you're I've definitely been, not the only I've one. I've been for so long just because like, yeah, building the suspensions and stuff. Where and- are you going to put it? I don't know, I, but I'd put it yeah. in the driveway. Well, not or something. you. I'm honestly more like Chris. He's in a na- like in a neighborhood. Put I feel like a little somewhere. bit nicer neighborhood. Like a build like a little garbage can, <laughs> like you know those little garbage <laughs> can <laughs> sheds, and you just like tuck or, the yeah, forklift. Yeah, you just kind of build like a little like a faux wall, like yes. a, a pseudo wall on like one side of your house, so you just like little. It's yep. a little lean to with a tiny little garage door. Yes, for yeah, my just the forklift. Yep. No, as <laughs> as supportive as was my wife is of this insane hobby that i do i don't know if i could pull off forklift on the side of the house so oh yeah she would notice just you got like what you're stuck on the outside aren't you oh uh, my house is brick oh, it's, oh that's... most houses here are stucco but yeah uh, right so you're gonna have to build a brick lean to a brick lean to yeah it's <laughs> you gotta a match, have a match yeah yeah it's gotta match you're gonna, you're gonna build a brick lean you know you could just paint it there you go. Oh, you could break <laughs> build it out of drywall. Yeah. Yeah. And then just mask it off and just paint it. I was brick. Saw, I thought you totally match. Paint the forklift. Like paint the forklift brick. <laughs> brick. So when you park it there, it's like, is that a forklift? No, no, it's not a forklift. I'd be perfect. <laughs> brick. Yeah. She ain't so, gonna know. Somebody see you drive around the driveway on a pile of bricks. <laughs> oh, that'd be love great. It. Absolutely I want to do that it. now. <laughs> Let's buy a forklift. Oh, I have a forklift. We don't have to oh, buy nothing. Done. I mean, my dad may not, may not like it brick colored, but it'd be funny. <laughs> fresh, fresh paint job, bro. <laughs> yes. It looks like a stack of bricks. It'd yep. be great. Perfect. Uh, you have to do that now. That's YouTube. Like that's how you take oh, it yeah. to the next level. That'd be that'd be amazing. That's how your YouTube channel yep. makes it to the next level. Yeah. Uh, now nah, forklift would be pimp to like cycle suspension. Oh man, yeah. it'd be so useful. Like I, I can think job. of like ten things right now that I could use it for. See, that's a nice thing. Is like you have one at work, I have one at the shop. So like I have it's not great, but it does the job. I have a photo of my Toyota Truggy uh-huh. completely in the air on the forks of a yes. forklift to put it on my truck. <laughs> may have tacoed the four link mount the lower oh, really? four link bar mount one oh. time on an off-road trip oh. and so the rear end was like you know it would it would i feel like i remember this yeah it would go and bind Is that when up. you tack lifed it yeah yeah um <laughs> and so i was like uh this thing is not gonna drive up the trailer straight because the rear end was like tweaked sideways mm-hmm. so i just grabbed it with a couple straps and picked it up with this big ass forklift and just set it on the trailer and that's how it's done. Done. <laughs> yes. Come, come here, buddy. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll just chip plop there. you on the trailer. Oh, that's great. Yes. See, uh, you've got on the Ranger, you've got coilovers front and rear, don't you? Like the whole yeah, shebang. Yeah, I got. God, um, so, so, yeah, the front's the three link with. I only have 2.0 coilovers, but they're 14 inch coilovers up front. And, and the then. Kings? Yes. Yeah, Kings. Fancy. And then the back, I have. Uh, 16 inch 2.0 
or 2.5 uh, King mm-hmm. with 3.0 Bill Stein bypasses. Jesus. But the the real coilovers, they're mainly right now. There's no valving in them, so they're just a coil carrier. Just because when I, I set up the bypasses, uh-huh. I I only wanted to deal with one set of valving at that time. So get the uh, bypasses set up, and then in the future, we could always add valves into the coilover to tune for different um, oh, types of situations. I have, I have a feeling that in the near future, there's going to be a midweek mini that's going to have some valving. Tech. Ooh, that will be I'm just highly valuable for anyone. My co-host really. is doodling on a notepad, but I'm looking intently, at, like, intensely at him. I talked to I talked <laughs> to him not phone, too long phone ago. Call you got yeah. make. I talked to him not too long ago about because um, I'm still getting my coilovers and stuff dialed in. Uh-huh. And when I was out in Oklahoma, I felt like valving wise, it was pretty good. Like mm-hmm. even at a little bit of speed, hitting some stuff, it felt good it didn't mm-hmm. feel bouncy and it felt like it soaked it up pretty good um i was just working with some preload like had too much preload to get the front where i wanted it to mm-hmm. so yeah. i ended up going up 100 pounds on the upper spring i thought it was a lower you just changed them you tell yeah, us yeah no it would be the upper spring okay uh because <clears throat> it was a 150 over 250 now it's a 250 over 250 so oh. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Which sets it, as far as I can tell, sets it pretty dead nuts on where I need it to go. So we're going to so. try it out this next weekend. Yep. No, this weekend see, in podcast. Well, yeah. Podcast life. Um, we're going to try it out and see. But yeah, that's, uh, it'll get me a little bit more. No, it'll get me less preload, which will get me more suspension travel. Not mm-hmm. travel, but like better rate throughout the entire stroke of the coilover. Yeah. Essentially, I have a I have another question. Yes, for me. Nope. Oh, for good. Chris. Perfect. I'll go back to doodling. You go back to doodling. Yeah. Keep, keep doing that race car. That race I'm truck. The race that truck. truck you got. Yeah. Um. So now that you're into rock crawling and you've built the truck more like kind of ultra four esque, um, do you? He's gonna buy a rock lizard. No. Now that you're more into <laughs> it. Now that you're more into the hobby and more yeah. into wheeling in that nature, do you watch the north pacific like the northwest pacific videos like from like washington state do you watch videos of guys wheel up there and be like "Ooh, i want to go back home yeah um <laughs> so it's a lot of a lot of instagram too there's a lot of uh-huh. guys from the pacific northwest that i yeah, follow on the there and you know they're posting all sorts of stuff that i had never even it might not have existed. some of those parks might not have been there when i was there but right yeah i've seen all the stuff that they have now that they're hitting, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to take my truck back up there right. someday and the rock there. That is, so, that is so high. I hmm, see. This is going to be hard for me to pick one. Yeah, but that the Pacific Northwest mm. is probably in my top three top three places that I want to go wheeling. So you want to go yeah. down? You want to go out west? So you want to go like um, Rubicon? And like Moab, San Hollow. Yeah, just like out, that out in that area, get some you like go western rock down, stuff. You want to go down south here to hit some stuff down there, mm. and you want to do the Pacific Northwest. I think Pacific Northwest is tied for the top. That's yeah. why I couldn't. I, I was going to say it was number one, but like out west, doing some way, wheeling yeah. that way, 
um, on the like rocks and the desert stuff. I think it's all on the list. But like, man, dude, I follow a handful or so people from the Pacific Northwest, talk to them probably weekly. And like <laughs> the wheeling they do, I had no clue was out there. And I'm like, yep. oh, my goodness. That's how I felt yeah. about New Mexico. When I all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like when I started seeing stuff, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like I just didn't think New Mexico, I just didn't think they had that kind of terrain. Like the Pacific Northwest looks like very similar to here. Mm-hmm. Just everything's like <laughs> bigger. 10x. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like the trees yes. are like 80 feet tall. The yes. rocks are twi- like yeah. three times the size. The snow is just epic. The snow wheeling, I really like, want. Mm-hmm. I want a helicopter in, mm-hmm. ride with somebody, and like land in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Ride with somebody. And then helicopter out. Like I have How no desire like- to take my own ring. <laughs> I have no desire to like to haul anything that far. I'm like, no, like because I think you have to have something set up and tuned Built. so well yeah. for that. But God, what a blast that has to be, dude. Yeah, yeah. Tell living me. living in Southwest Washington. That's where I grew up. Like I spent like 15 years there. Mm-hmm. Like the. There, I gotta agree with Ian. There's not many other places I could think are as scenic and be- beautiful as as the Northwest. Like, you, like you know, you have to deal with rain ten months out of the year, but so do we. Those <laughs> those two months that you get where it's like not perfect, uh-huh. and yeah, it's it's a gorgeous part of the country for sure. But that's probably why it's so gorgeous is because it rains all the time. Yeah, yeah, yep. God, it's wonderful. Things that we should definitely go do in our lifetime. Yep. I really want to go do the Rubicon someday. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to tow my rig out there. With a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one of those right uh, now. Well, so. you know, you come. <laughs> Rubicon yeah. and Fordyce are two trails that uh, I have on my bucket list that I'm trying to work towards. It's not good when you, listen to, when you listen to Wheel and Wine and Whiskey or Snail Trail and they're talking about going and doing it. Yeah, and like, and then you see videos on the Snail Trail YouTube channel, and you're just like, ah, oh, you suck. Yeah, like, it must be nice to live where, like, you can just, oh yeah, we're gonna go to Fort Ice this weekend, no, or where there's public land where you can just pop off and and hit some trails. Like, we have to go to a park. Like, I have yeah. never once been able to go. Oh, let's go off. Let's go off road today. Well, we like, have. You it's have been legal. Yeah, you have to go. <laughs> yeah, I got caught in a cornfield a couple times in my <laughs> younger childhood days. <laughs> Um, but like, I just could not imagine. And, but I think it's very interesting to me because, you know, there's always the East versus the West, like pissing match on the internet. Oh, oh yeah. He's got the better wheeling. And I'm like, bro, Who you're still wheeling. Cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. how cool would it be out West? If you just like, yeah, I'm going to drive. I just picture like you drive to the end of the street and like cross like the, the road ends, but you just keep going. And then you're like, now nah, I'm off roading. That's quite literally how it is yeah. in my house. Like. I go to the end of the neighborhood, look both ways on the side street, and then hammer down, and I'm off-road, like, open desert, pretty much. I watched a video the other day. It was a guy. He was literally driving down. It looked like a two-lane divided highway, and I don't know where it was, but it was out west. Mm -hmm. It was a two-lane divided highway, just driving along, and then all of a sudden, just starts slowing down. I'm like, where the fuck's this guy going? Like, there's literally nothing around. Yeah. He, He, like, slows down, and then, like... There's a sidewalk on the side of this road, and then there's like open desert. And he just slows down and bloop, bloop, 
over up the, over the sidewalk <laughs> and then just bah, and I mean he's and he's just bombing into what looks like endless desert rock stuff. Isn't that wild? And I'm like, that is bullshit. Like, oh. <laughs> but I, I want a refund. But I think that determines what kind of rig you get into because, yeah. like, I don't build mine to be able to drive on the street because I can't. I can go to a a ditch down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's I can't just pop off over the sidewalk and go wheeling. So I have to put my stuff on a trailer and at least get it to where it's going to go. So you might as well go wild with it. But God, yeah, I just I love that Western like I'm just going to go wheeling this afternoon for a couple hours and yeah, go yeah. back home. So much public land. Yep. Yeah. And that's and like you said, that definitely dictates like how you build it, because so my truck, it's still uh, even, you know, even though I got the link suspensions, coilovers all that it's still registered and tagged uh and i'll like like, i don't have a trailer so i drive it everywhere like we go to moab you know i'll hit the road for six hours in that thing wheel it all week and hopefully be driving it home i have it like it's only been one time i've had to trailer it back because because of (laughs) the need you did it right broken drive shaft but yo that's not that bad broken drive shaft that's pretty pretty good that's pretty good yeah but yeah, I'm kind of like on the cusp of yeah. This you, is the most I could do and still keep it streetable, you, uh, pretty much. Are you 35 spline in the rear? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you had a 30, and then same with the front as well. Yeah, the, the yeah. front I have their um, Dana 60 uh, 35 spline shafts, and yeah. the it's like the 9905 unit bearings that I have bored out, and the grizzly the yukon hardcore hubs yeah i was watching that video last night of you building the 609 and i was just like oh my god look how big those shafts are you yeah know, even when, in like when you put two you know the inside and inside together it's nice just love it <laughs> <laughs> oh man those of you that, that was those like of you one that don't of my know. <laughs> hey here's my question why didn't you just put the snap rings on the cross before you put it in um would it not work no, so with the with the um those U joints I uh-huh. I was using I was using the oh god what are they called the Yukon super joints the, or whatever the yeah the super joint you have to put them on uh, the full circle ones you have to put them on like hmm. a certain way uh, and the cross has like different reliefs in it yeah so yeah, it's that's those how my damn things like yeah that's how my full <laughs> circle clip um, spicers are for my for my forty four shafts and yeah. I was able to put the I just put the um, the snap rings on the cross and then finagled the cross into the into the uh, axle shaft. Yeah. With the with the you know, with the Marty there, I was able to I mean, I think I don't know. That's how I was able to do it. But maybe it's different for those giant ones you got. What size what size joints are those? Oh, man, I don't remember off the top of my head. 14 what they tons are. or something. They're big. Yeah. They're Whatever big. Super Duty stuff is. So, yeah, they're the axle shafts definitely going to grenade before like the the ears on the on the shaft will go before those things ever think about scratching even like. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Nah, it's the phone. The we're getting some feedback. Oh, per the is usual. it on my end or no? Not okay. usually. We could blame you if you wanted to. Yeah, we can. It's fun. <laughs> Or maybe it's my dog. She's going crazy. No, no. Squeaker toy right now. <laughs> I mean, I heard that a little bit. No, this is a, like a. A different noise. 
you hear it? Why is it doing that? That's a sign that we should just fucking close this down and go wheeling. Anyway. All right. How how far are we into this? 47 minutes. That's not a bad interview. That'll work. All it makes me want to do is go buy a fucking rig that goes in the desert now. (laughs) Hey, you guys ever, anytime you come out here, let us know. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm out there a couple weeks. So, yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Yeah. We'll swing by. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you guys are in the area, just come on over. Yeah. I know there's nothing really to come. My uncle, Mexico, so. my uncle and my grandmother moved down to Berlin, so um, I have a reason uh, to be there. In the you area. go. Mm-hmm. I'll be right between you and Weston. Drop Perfect. off the wife and the baby, and then just go bombing in the desert. Seemingly, I don't know how it's going to go over. Well, it's going <laughs> to go over when you're like, oh, here, I'll drop you off at the door, honey, and... Oh yeah, grab grab the kid. Oh yeah, get all your things. I'll go park the car. <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> Down the road. He go. Here you go. Yep. Yeah, I would love to get Loki thrown on a trailer and just drag it out there. Oh, you I mean, well, even if you come to. visit, like, yep. I got a passenger seat. So that too. There was times before I knew that you were in that area. There was times I was like, I could just fly out there to Albuquerque, get my uncle to pick me up, and then just call Weston and be like, "So, where are we going, Wheeling?" Yeah, <laughs> you are close enough. Come pick me up. Uh, all righty. Well, let's wrap up this interview and we'll get on to a last call. How do you feel about that, Ian? I like it. Okay. Well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on here, buddy. We appreciate uh, you. Yeah, guys, it was it was fun. Appreciate Absolutely. the appreciate you guys' time and yeah. talk again soon. Oh yeah. Sounds like a plan. I think we got a little something, something for our listeners coming up. So you guys tune into the midweek mini. It's going to be good stuff. What do you think? I like it. Okay. I'm excited about it. All righty. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. And uh, we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. See you. Last call. How'd you like talking to Chris? Did you learn anything? <laughs> Makes me want to go fast and go wheeling. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you- I just drive to the end of my road and like we go wheeling. Like, <sighs> damn it. Bullshit. It's crap. It is. Fucking public nice. land, my ass. Yeah. I wish we had public land right We here. do. It's, it's called farm ground. Farm ground. It's not public. Yeah. Seemingly it's somebody private. owns that. All of it. And uh, yeah. You guys, you got a ditch and if you get in it, they'll get pissed off at you. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like. <laughs> The problem with that is literally like even if it was public land, yeah. what the fuck? I don't want to go to a mud like a cornfield. Mud. It was great when I was seventeen years old and done right. shit with a four wheel drive pickup that was stock on thirty ones. Yeah. But like now, I'm just like, ooh, there's. If mud. there was public ground, if say there was a hundred acres of forest ground mm-hmm. somewhere in this area, say within the county, you would still go there. Nope. Yes, you would. You want to know why? Why? So the cliffs. Yeah. Have you heard that debacle? Oh, yeah. They're being... We talked about it. They're applying for the grant. Yeah. Well, the grant says that there's nobody other than a side-by-side or an ATV that's allowed on the property. I know. So that's why. Because it's somebody... I think Chris posted. It's how the land is paid for with the grant. Because that money comes from... There's like a... 
a fee that is associated with registering or purchasing a side-by-side or ATV that is for off-highway public land. Oh, I see. Whereas your registration for your vehicle does not pay into that fund. It's ridiculous. So they tell you to go pound sand because your registration allows you to drive your vehicle on the road and is paid towards, like when you register your off-road rig, if you never drive it on the street, you're paying for the roads. Which is why... Indiana has the off-highway vehicle permit. Now, Illinois does not have that because we don't have any public land, essentially, that like, oh, buy it. It's not like Johnson Valley where you go buy because that's what Johnson Valley, you got to go buy a permit to to recreationally off-road. Really? Illinois, but they have plenty of opportunities Mm -hmm. for that where Illinois, it's like, there'd be like 12 people. (laughs) No. There'd be like thousands of people, but there's nowhere to go. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like if they yeah. opened and here, buy this permit and you can go to the cliffs if you have a truck. Yeah. Okay. No, or like, yeah. Great. Right. You know what I mean? But there's so many other places. There, well, there, are, there, there are, are closed options. down. There are like mm-hmm. so many closed down quarries. Yep. That are now campgrounds. Yep. That could have been turned into an off-road park. They just don't care. They don't care. It's well, like long. there's nobody for it. No, yeah. that's the thing. You're Which not gonna- is crazy. You have Chicago. Yep. Chicago is one of our largest listening bases. Yep. How is it that that's one of our largest listening bases? And then they think that Illinois doesn't have off-road in it. Here's the thing. You could go to Michigan. You could go to an Iowa Mm -hmm. or Wisconsin Mm -hmm. if you're in Chicago and still be closer than if you went to Southern Illinois. True. That's the caveat. That's one of them. You live in Chicago. But there's quarries up. There's like closed down quarries up Mm -hmm. in Chicago, like up that area. Welcome to politics, bud. (sighs) It sucks. So, somebody yes. become a lawyer and figure this out. They ain't one guy that ain't going to change it. I promise you that. There's too not. much money to not be made. I don't like it. Uh, I'm just going to move Over. out of Illinois. <laughs> you know what? That's the easier solution. Bye, Felicia. Yeah, it's definitely the easier solution. That takes money. You know yeah. I don't have money. Why? Because mm. Brock Crawler. Because Buggy. Um, I built boy. an off-road. I sold my off-road rig so I can move out of state so I can off-road. Yeah. Seems like a <laughs> fucking Ian plan if I've ever heard one. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I definitely would be nice if we had public lanes to go play on. But we don't. So it's just one of them deals. What do you do? You guys aren't getting a beer this week because we're having coffee because it's, I mean, it is where we could drink a beer. Oh God, it's almost one o'clock. Yep. Jesus. We've been partying it We up. need to stop. We need to, we need to shut this down. <laughs> um, That's all I got. Make sure you guys tune in for some footage from the Trail Riders run. We cut it extra short today. You got a lot of intro and a lot of. We talked about all the things in the beginning. We did. Yep. We covered most everything. I probably forgot something again. It's my, it's how I do things. What do you do? Wait till next what week you need to do. I was going to say this earlier and I forgot about it until now. So I'm glad it reminded me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to write it down. What is it? It has nothing to do with this podcast. It's just oh. things that I needed to do for this trip oh. that I forgot about earlier. Oh, we need to make a grocery now. list. Grocery list. Yeah. For what? Like, are you taking groceries? Well, I'm going to buy myself food. Yes. I know. Like, but I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to hang out with you guys at the camp. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you taking? Oh, what am I taking? Like, if you buy this and I also buy this, like, we have extra of this. And we've never had too much food. Uh, probably not. Not when I'm around. I like to eat. I like to eat. We're going to have some chili. Hopefully some we chili. get some people getting some chili cook-off. Some chili like, cook-off. Hell yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh-huh. I saw a picture of a scottle that definitely needs to be used to make chili. 
A scottle? Yeah. Who has that? Can't tell you. Who the hell has a scottle? I think Kyle Bing was the one that built this. It was like a $20 oh. scrapyard scottle build that he's done. Oh my god, It's pretty dope. It's wonderful. Yeah. I would really like to find the end of a propane tank and lob one off and make one out of that. I've seen people do that before. Oh, really? Like the big, like, uh-huh. 100-gallon tanks you take That'd the end off. Scottle. Be fucking pimp. Be huge. What's it? Like, why not have a Mondo scottle? I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't camp with my rig so i'm throwing a damn tow rig or the trailer so i don't care how big That's it wild. is yeah fucking trailer mounted scottle uh-huh that'd be pimp actually <laughs> trailer mounted scottle. dude have like this 12 well, foot it'd be so scottle big. it'd be so big that you could literally i could cook breakfast for the entire campsite yeah oh yeah for sure campgrounds because how big would that be 36 inch huge big yeah it'd be pimp at least 36 inches gangster it's gangster, all right. I don't do shit half-ass. I do it all the ass. Scottle. Scottle life. Yes. Oh, jeez. Hibachi scottle. Hibachi <laughs> scottle. Hey, you get egg for breakfast. Yes. Yes. That would be so pimp. Hibachi. Now I just want some shrimp. I do, too. Want some hibachi. The hibachi place is closed down. Yep. You can get it to go. Where? At uh, Oishi. Oh, yeah. They offer carry out. Yeah. It's okay. I don't want to tell you. There's better. I want, I want Mongolian. That's what I want. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry about you. They're all gone. Um, okay. We're going to shut this down. That's all I got. Okay. Go check out the Trail Riders page on Facebook and then go check out the uh, places you can find us anyway. Our YouTube, to- Total Off Road Podcast on YouTube, Total Off Road Podcast on TikTok, Total underscore Off Road underscore Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can check out my personal page, Steve underscore Total. <laughs> Good lord, that's like the eighth time you fucked it up. I'm out. I'm Low out. underscore K E E <laughs> underscore X J for Steve. Mine's an off road underscore Ian. It's literally printed on the show notes we have in front of us. Um, yeah, I'm out of it. Any just Google Total Off Road Podcast. That's it. Um, it's on there. You'll find us website we'll totaloffroadpodcast.com. It has a link to everything that we've just told you. Yep. In case you like Steve have forgot what we were talking about. Um time to go home buy your merch don't forget <laughs> you can uh you can order that for customer pickup so that's how you guarantee that i have it because things go quicker than you think thanks for sticking on for another long episode of the total offer podcast and we'll catch you on the trail.